Okay, guys, today's podcast is brought to you by Smith Game Calls. It is December 30th today, and it is never too early to start practicing your elk calling. Check out Smith Game Calls for the absolute best and simplest to use diaphragm read elk calls. They've got everything from cow calls to, uh, you know, locator bugles to big herd bull bugles and uh, sort of everything in between. So buy a few of them, check them out, see which one works best for you and prepare now for elk season. Use promo code non-typical for 15% off your order. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Old Smokes Coffee. We're sitting here drinking some skittish white tail old smokes coffee they've got uh you know a few different blends of regular coffee and then they've got their signature smoked style they're the only company out there to do smoked roast coffee check out old smokes coffee use code non-typical for 10 percent off Today's podcast is brought to you by T-Rax Knives. Check out T-Rax Knives for all of your custom knife works. I just got a message from Joe yesterday and he wrapped up my custom kitchen knife. Uh, This thing is absolutely unreal. He got himself some mammoth tusk and the handle is made of 4,000 year old mammoth tusk. This guy can create absolutely anything you want. If you can dream it, he can create it. Check out T-Rax Knives on Facebook and Instagram. That's T-R-A-X Knives on Facebook and Instagram. This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your host, Brody Teal and Eric Labrie. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. Well, we're back. We're back together on another podcast. I missed you on the last one. You had some Christmas festivities it's to attend. good to be back. We're yeah. doing COVID-safe Christmases. COVID-safe Christmases. That's right. How was your Christmas? It was good. It's yeah. good. It's over. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's all over. Yeah, you know, and ours was pretty laid back. It was actually nice to not have to travel anywhere this year and just sort of stay at home, just, you know, the four of us, and uh, just sort of had a, have a laid back Christmas. Yeah. For the kids, they always, you know, they had 30 oh, gifts to open up, so it was, they still had a blast. It's, yeah. it's you know, the best at the day end of the, the year day, for a kid. For them, like yeah. even me, when I was a kid, it doesn't necessarily really matter where you are, but if you got gifts to open, you're good to go. Yeah, as long as the tree is full, yeah, you're Exactly, happy. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know what? We are in December uh, 30th today. We've got uh, one more day of 2020. It's New Year's Eve, Eve. And then we're on to a brand new year. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say probably most people listening to this too is, you know, fuck 2020. Yeah. It's been a long one. Yeah. It's been a long and stressful and annoying and a bunch of other things. Yeah, it's it's been It's been been good too, but, you know... Well, I, I think, you know, like we just got to make the most of what we have. Exactly. And, and you and I have done that. And, yeah. and most people we know have, have made the most of, of the circumstances. Um, you can't dwell on everything and do nothing at all about it. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people have sort of done that. They just sort of sat around and twiddled their thumbs yeah. and waited for the government to tell them what to do next and, and not really gotten anywhere. And then when the news changes every four minutes on Facebook, 
they don't know what to think, right? Yeah. Well, it's it's very confusing for for anybody actually. Everybody. Like even yeah. for myself sometimes. You know, you, you read some things on on Facebook that a, a news outlet puts out and, and you sort of agree with it. And then you see something else and and you don't know what to believe is what it actually comes down to. Like I seen a, an article by Global News, I think it was, and they were asking people if they think um, men should be ashamed for having facial hair and beards in times of COVID because a mask can't secure, can't cover your face properly. And like, is that what we're fucking getting down to? Shaming people for having facial hair? But how how ridiculous is that? How ridiculous is that? A cloth mask doesn't have an airtight seal anyway. I know. So, you know, if I had a three foot beard, I could pull it over my face and it would probably do the same thing that your cloth mask is doing. For sure. Right? But, and even then, like... But it's just coming... It always comes down to the same with the society as target practice on the easiest target. Yeah. Whoever it is. Just the next... Point your finger at the next group and say they're doing something wrong. And it's yeah, it's getting scary, man. It's getting it's getting bad. I hope twenty twenty one is a little bit better than twenty twenty. But you know, even just going into the year, we, we aren't going in on a on a high uh, high horse here. We're it's still... I don't know if it's because I stopped paying so much attention to all the numbers and the news and yeah. blah blah blah. But it see it sort of seems like it's kind of fizzled a little bit. It's the holiday season though, so everybody's on a break. Yeah. Everybody kind of has that new year kick. Yeah. For the first 2 weeks or so. Yeah, yeah. I don't sure. know. I think they say it takes like uh like 13 days and most people break their first their new year's resolution or something. Oh, okay. Like it doesn't even take 2 weeks. Well, don't you have to do something like 21 times to make it a habit? Yeah, your brain creates a habit after like 21 yeah. days of doing something. Yeah, so a lot of people, they'll get to 13, and they'll just be like, oh, fuck, yes. I can't Or something this. comes up, oh, there's too much snow, yeah. I'm not going to go to the gym today. Yeah, so do you have any New Year's resolutions? Um, uh, Man, I haven't even thought of a New Year's resolution, to be honest with you. No, for me, the whole New Year thing, the, the thinking comes with, you know, okay, where am I going hunting this year? Yeah. Where am I traveling this year? What's going to be the goals for this year? Um, I always sort of, you know, the end of December, I'm always thinking, man, I was, you know, kind of a fat shit the last half of the year. I should probably get in shape in the new year. And then I kind of don't, but. Well, that's the one nice thing about the new year is, um, generally it's, it's a time to reflect and a time to look at yourself in the mirror and decide what you're going to do different. And it's, it's great that it's sort of a you know a, a common thought right across the board for everybody yeah it's or almost you, like or a what bit you're gonna of a do reset. next exactly whether yeah. you're gonna reset or not it, it gives you a bit of um it makes you it's look closure. at yourself yeah exactly. i was thinking about this earlier today actually and it's, it's funny that we as humans you know not everybody celebrates christmas uh, most religions have some sort of holiday right around this time of year right but everybody across the board pretty much celebrates a new year Yes. You know, in whatever culture, whether it's ours, the modern Chinese culture with Chinese New Year, Mayan calendar, blah, 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 blah. Because everyone's on the same calendar. But everybody celebrates like the start of something new and the end of something old, right? Yeah. And I think that's just like a a human, natural human thing to just have closure on something so you can just start all over again. Even though it's the same thing 2,000 times. And that's how you have progression. In a row, yeah. 
you know, year after year. That's why the fucking cars keep getting better. The yeah. electronics keep getting better and everything. You have progression because um, as, a, as a species, we're co- constantly, you know. Improving, imp- innovating. Trying to improve, right? Where if, if everything was just day, like every day was the exact same, didn't have a calendar or anything, it would just be meaningless. Meaningless, yeah. right? Um, yeah, so... Uh, so hopefully we have a better 2021 2021 um you know at the very least we just got to make the most of of what we got and uh and that's that so going into the new year we're december uh or january 1st is a friday and then we got saturday sunday what are you doing your first weekend of the new year i'll be fishing you're fishing i'm gonna try and be fishing yeah you get an ice shack out or a pop-up blind, uh, or what are you no, doing? No, I don't have an ice shack. I'm probably just going to be fixing up my ice shack this winter. Um, but I'm trying to do as much exploratory fishing as I can this year. Go to the different lakes, the backcountry lakes. We don't have a ton of snow right now, so quadding is still great. Uh, that's that's just what I'm going to try and do. Um, I'm going to mention a lake. If there's any locals listening, they're probably going to hate me. But have you been to Lily Lake lately? No. I seen some pictures posted and some. Oh, really you saw nice some pictures. Some guys were there trail. already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I talked to one guy, at the local Canadian Tire here, and almost uh, went there last weekend. And I went somewhere else. So they were there last weekend. Yeah. And they didn't catch anything. And he said they ran into some guys there, and he said the fish are super, super finicky. Yeah. What you got to do? You got to set your your rod out, and you got to go to shore. Have a fire, have lunch, and just have like an auto jigger on your rod and he said they'll see shadows and it's not super deep so they they're just super super so when charlie and i went we found that that you were fishing brookies too in a different lake in a different lake okay moving over the hole like me i'm sitting we're sitting there uh charlie's got a 10 inch auger he drills two or three holes i can't remember i think he drills two holes connected okay big big eight okay yeah 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 and we're fishing in four and a half five feet of water and we're fishing in your tent. So yeah. we got the windows all closed. And you just sit there and you, you're just sitting there looking down between your feet okay. the whole time. Yeah. Right? Because you can see the bottom. And then you see fish moving around. Well, every time I saw a fish in the first two hours, you of, get moving. I like stood up. Yeah. Like, holy shit, there's a fish there thinking it's going to just like <laughs> yeah. shark my line. Um, and then they just all scoot off. Right. And then they come back. And then it would be. I would. I learned that if I was just watching the fish and didn't move at all, um, with the little bit of light that we had in the tent, then one all of a sudden would just come out of nowhere and yeah. take my line while I was watching another one just oh, sort of okay. circle it. And they were they were just super finicky. Like well, and that's what this guy told me. He said they ran into some guys who caught a, a couple fish that day, and they had a fire at shore, and they set their rods out, and that was that. And uh, it's funny but, how superstitious fishermen are. I though, know, right? but to go now all another the way guy, to shore. Like, don't just, don't, okay, walk away 20 feet and put a bell on your rod. Yeah. No, go all the way to shore, have a fire. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, that's, that's tough fishing, man, to, that's why I was like when of, the fish are that that's finicky. A, that's a ways to go. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's, it's have close. Have you been to Lily? Um, I've, I've only walked in there in the summertime. Okay. Um, I've, I know where the quad access is. Um, but I've never done it myself. And yeah. then, of course, you have to walk onto the lake because it's the lake borders the park. Oh, okay. So you can't ride your bike onto the lake or yeah. anything. But uh, it's sort of a it's a long ways to go for it being as close as it is. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a so another guy I follow and he got 
I think two or three brookies uh, he caught there, I think today or yesterday. So um, I'd like to check out one of those smaller lakes, but I just absolutely love catching, you know, big burbot, walleye, pike you guys on the did. big lake. You were there three days ago, Yeah, four days ago. And the burbot are all good size. Now, yeah. I didn't keep any this past time. Just you didn't we, keep anything or no burbot? No, we kept all the walleye. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, you know, man, all honesty, last year we, we kept all the burbot and we ate ate it all. It's just, it's not as good as walleye and it's winter It's just pike. different, though. Yeah, it's, it's... it's You can't cook it the same way. And I cook it the same way. Or I, expect different if you're going to I know two ways to cook way. fish, and that's that, yeah. so... So I put them all back, but they're super fun fish to catch because they're all big, right? Like, you'll catch... It's nothing to catch an eight-pound, Try pound Try burbot. cooking burbot, like, find a, a lobster recipe. Okay, like a chunk lobster recipe yeah. or something not obviously not like a whole lobster yeah yeah but yeah or a, or a like a chunk crab recipe where okay. you're cooking like a a chunk of it like a like if you were cooking like you a, can cut, a tail there's off. a lot of meat on those you can cut well they have like a off. backstrap yes. on them like yeah. a burbot that's what are they i don't know 45 centimeters long will have oh, that's a small burbot that's too. not very big yeah we'll have a, a chunk of meat Beside its head, down to its tail, probably the size of a fully grown whitetail tenderloin. Yeah. Not the backstrap, but the okay. tenderloin. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. The inside tenderloin. Yeah. That's a significant yeah, they, chunk they of meat. Yeah, they got a good amount of meat for and sure. And it's about as big around as a golf ball. Yeah. Right? So it's it's not like it's a fillet. It's like a chunk. It's yeah. like a strap. Yeah, I'll have to try that because what I did is I just did my... Actually, we had walleye tonight. We had the last feast of walleye from that uh, that fishing trip last weekend and... Um, and I got a super simple recipe, you know, mix up some egg, two eggs, a spoonful of mustard. You coat the fillet in that egg and mustard mixture, and then uh, you just get potato flakes, instant potatoes that you buy in a box. And you just literally take your your fillet that's covered in your egg and mustard mixture and dab it in that uh, potato flakes and fry it in oil. And it's a real, real crisp yeah. uh, battering. And it's awesome. Very good. Like it's foolproof man the kids love it everyone that. loves it it's i haven't tried so that recipe easy. i know you've told so me multiple easy, times and it crisps really really nice um but uh that's what i did with the burbot and um you know we're spoiled with every time we go out we're gonna leave with you know so do some you, walleye or some nice pike and in the winter time pike is phenomenal did you keep the pike no no we didn't they weren't huge we didn't though. even measure it no because yeah. it was it was like almost what do they have to be 55, 55 centimeters yeah but unless they're 65, 70, you're not really... Like yeah, once you get it, the would have been, it would have been like just 55. Yeah. Right? We didn't even measure it. Yeah. We're like, yeah, let's put it back. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we're going this weekend and we're actually staying the night. My first time... Have you ever done any night fishing? Ice yep. fishing? Yep. I've never night fished um, for anything before. Is... Is is it any good? Like, are there Well, they any... say the walleye have a night bite. Okay. Right? Burbot definitely pick up... Uh, Definitely pick up in the evening, later yeah. hours, the dark hours. You know, they're not sight fish. Okay. Um, well, I know walleye definitely, like a lot of guys will fish walleye at yeah. night. I don't know about the pike. I think pike are more of a predatory for light, sure. light fish. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, but, we're looking yeah, forward to I'm that. An expert. And, um, you know, so maybe if I catch a big burbot or something, I might keep one. But uh, the hardest part is to be sitting there awake at two in the morning jigging a fishing yeah. rod, right? Yeah. But yeah. you know you ha- you guys have that camera you never yeah, know you good might camera be able to that'll see it, that'll so. that makes things super exciting have a nice underwater camera it'll to be see interesting what's to see how there. it's how it is uh, as the sun goes down and stuff right I don't think you'll see anything I don't think night. so either 
Because right? even no light under when there. we were with Charlie last year, yeah, we're early in the morning. The sun was up, but it hadn't broken like through the ice directly, yeah. And, so we couldn't see anything. And for... it's unreal how much that sun in the sky makes for light at thirty feet down below. Yeah. Like we're fishing thirty feet with three feet of ice between us and the bottom, and that light and, up yeah. in the sky makes a huge difference in visibility down below. And you notice it. Especially with the camera there, you notice the fish. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden the fish are just active. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the sun comes overhead. They Everything slows right down. Different fish maybe become active. The we white had fish, some, some white fish really messing with us. And then as it breaks the trees again, you know, especially on Slave Lake, yeah. where we know it so well, the fish all become active again. Yeah. Well, and that's what we notice. It's always your first couple, first probably two and a half hours of, of sunlight, and then your last two and a half hours. Yeah. It's always like you a, might catch an odd one at noon or you something. Will. You but, might catch one or two between like eleven o'clock and and two thirty. But it's like as soon as two thirty hits, it's just action. And that's what happened. We had both kids with us. So Rhett, our youngest, he's not even two years old yet. And then Jack, who's six. He's just as antsy as Rhett was basically at this point because we've been fishing for like six hours. So it was it was three o'clock and I'm like, I'm going to start taking things down. We want to be out by four. I gave Jack the rod and it was in that hour. He had like four or five bites and ended up bringing in the biggest walleye of the day at the very end there, like 3.30. But it just was that prime sort yep. of time, that last hour and a half of light because sundown is like 4.15, I think, right now. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. You know, it, it's dark at, at five o'clock, like dark, dark at five. Um, so, you know, you're even, even if we fish till, till midnight, we're still adding on seven so more hours. So did you find fishing. out, uh, which part of the lake you're, you're going no, to? No, I haven't yet? yet. I'm pretty sure it's Juicard, but yeah. I got to look back. So you're just that. expecting to drive your truck out there? Yeah. 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 That'll be good. That'll be <laughs> nice. So easy, man. If you just drive out there, you guys are all done. You pack up, you just, you just leave, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's we were going to go on boxing day. Um, but you know what we had, like we had Christmas day and, and boxing day, everyone sort of wanted to sleep in and just relax. Right. So we stuck around the house till I think noon and then everyone got antsy to get out of the house. We went for a little drive, pulled, uh, pulled the trail camera, put some antler obsession down in a new spot and, uh, just cruised around to see if we could see any coyotes or wolves, nothing. But the next day is when we did our fishing it was on the 27th and we got out there and just coincidentally, Charlie had pulled up right behind me with his little truck. He had a quarter ton. Yeah. And he was uh, he was going to go drill some holes, figure out where he was going to put his ice shack later on in the day. And at this time, there were some shacks out there. There was about three or four, but there was no trucks. And, um, and, and you know, I, I figured it'd be fine, right? Like where it's every night is like minus 15, minus 16. It should should be good. And then so, uh, so Charlie's like, well, I'll follow you and we'll make our way out. So I got out there, uh, drill a hole. And, uh, and as soon as I drill that hole, I'm starting to think like, shit, man, we're on, like, it looks like it's like 12 inches of ice. Yeah. And so Charlie, he drilled a hole a little ways. I'm like, Hey, what's our dad? Like, what's our thickness? It's like, ah, probably 20 inches. And then we got in that shack, man. It was, it was no more than 16, 18 inches. But it was solid. That's lots for a truck. <laughs> That's, lots That's lots for, for a half a truck. ton truck. <laughs> the worst part is when we were, 
I met Charlie there, and we were just about to head out, and a guy pulls up, starts tar- talking to Charlie. He's got a he's got a one ton, yeah, with a quad in the back. Yep. And he's like, "Well, I don't think I'm bringing the one ton out with the quad. We'll take the quad out and go out there." So I'm like, "Well, I guess I'm breaking trail, and I'll see." But hey, there were shacks out there. I've seen guys already out on the truck on the lake with uh, with trucks, so I figured it'd be fine. But just uh, you know, first one out that day is always little <laughs> little, little hairy, little nerve <laughs> wracking, yeah, for sure. But trucks float for a couple minutes first, don't they? Well, if you're, you know, if you got 16 inches of ice underneath <laughs> yeah. you, at least you got the ice, you know, to hold you up for a second. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, yeah, by the end of the day, there's there's a ton of guys out there. Keep your and, windows uh, rolled down and your seatbelts off. Well, that's and, what we do. The kids come up front and we put her in four low and <laughs> we just freaking seatbelts off, radio off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ready to ready to roll. But it was uh, it was nice to get up back out on the lake, man. It was. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Hopefully, we can uh, come back with a couple limits of fish. So yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, super nice. Yeah, and what about you? You went uh, and ventured out by the island, by Dog Island, this past weekend. Um, yeah, I didn't go super close to the island. I kind of just went off the shore behind my place. And uh, how you far know, offshore were you from your place? Oh, I don't know. I went in the dark. I so, well, I went just as it was getting dark. So I took the dog with me and we, I, I had to, uh, I've been having troubles with the skidoo. So I wanted to run some fuel out of the skidoo too. And I literally just have to go all the way to the end of my field. Um, there's a little path through the willows and then I can come out onto the swampy side of the lake, drive through the swamp for a little while. And then I'm on the lake. And so uh, are you what, two kilometers from the lake at that field from my house? Yeah, I'm probably two kilometers. Okay. Uh, maybe not even, maybe not even, I'd probably travel that far just cause I don't go straight, yeah. straight away. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, I, you know, me and the dog, he's in the big dogs in the, in the sled behind me and I got all my gear and I didn't know how much ice was on the lake cause I hadn't been out at all this year yet. Yeah. And because the river flows out of the lake, we never really build up ice on the end of the lake there oh, by okay. the mouth of the river. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I've never messed around right by the island, so I was a little nervous. I didn't know how far the draw from the river would be where the ice would get thin. So I just parked on the edge, started drilling holes, walked out, drilled another one, walked out, drilled another one, and then I started checking depth. And uh, by the time I really started fishing at about 12 feet, um, I was probably 250 yards from shore, 300 yards from shore. You'll probably get on into some perch there. That's what I'm hoping. There's a real gradual yeah. sort of bank. It doesn't yeah. really drop right off. It does eventually, but it it's really gradual, and there's lots of weeds. So I just have to get out there in the daylight when I can see a little bit better yeah. and have more time to mess around. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's got to be some fish in there somewhere. For sure. Yeah, no, for sure. It's we... definitely not the ideal place to fish just because, well, the fish just aren't there. I don't think like they are in the other parts of the lake yeah i don't know man but uh, you know it's not you can't you never know until you're there by a truck no so no one no one goes there and it's r- and that's it's, pretty much the only reason why is if, if you could drive there with a truck i'm sure guys would be there but well, i'm not i'm, not, I'm definitely not ways. challenging anybody because stay out of my fishing spot but you couldn't access it with a quad either unless you're going to come from way down the lake yeah yeah so there's nowhere in town and to even then it. even then in late January, you might have two feet of snow, and you aren't getting a quad through two feet of snow on no, the lake. Not weighted the hell no, down. No, not there. Yeah. You got s- several kilometers to travel. Yeah. 
Um, and there's some. So is the island directly north from where you are? Pretty much. Like a straight. Pretty much. So you're right parallel with the south side of the island, basically. Yep. There's some deep holes there too. It drops like, right off. Like there's 40, a super deep channel. Fifty foot holes. Yeah. yeah. And um, and I think we've seen ice shacks there, like little smaller ones that On guys have hauled out in snowmobiles. On the west side of the island. Sort of north or southwest side. Southwest side. Yeah. yeah. They use the wide water access. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Do you That's know the them? first place. No, I don't know who it is oh, that okay. has those shacks. No. Interesting. I, I've only noticed them the last two or three years, though. Yeah. Was there shacks there when you went this time? Mm, uh, no. No, there's nothing up. Hmm. Interesting. Because no. I was sometimes you can see um, the nine mile shacks, the wide water ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was too dark. I can see anything. Yeah. So. so are you going back there? Are you going to go try somewhere a little farther? No, west I'm going to go, I'm going to go exploring. That's, that's my backyard. So that's just going to be, if I have a couple hours, I'll mess around there. But otherwise I'm going to go to some smaller lakes, gonna try and go after perch. I think this weekend. Nice. Yeah. Just you or your we'll girlfriend, see. Charlie or no, no, the girlfriend's working. So okay. we'll see, we'll see who, who wants to go fishing. If nobody, yeah. then I'll go by myself. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes that's better. Sometimes that's, <laughs> that's the way to catch fish. Yeah, there you go. All right on, man. We'll break into the new year with some, uh, fishing rods, ripping lips and, uh, hopefully Let's hope to catch some. It'd be really nice. You know, I haven't caught buckets of perch since I was like 10 years old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's some guys by, uh, you know, guys by High Prairie that are catching some perch in, in a lake there. Yeah. Doing okay, but you can only keep five. Oh, really? Right. So I want to go to one of these lakes up north here where you can keep 15. Yeah. The trouble is those are the lakes of winter kill every couple of years, right? Yeah. So it makes me laugh because in Alberta, the, the perch spots are always a secret. <laughs> like I literally yeah. had a guy message me. <laughs> If you're listening to man, you know, it's, it's awesome. I appreciate it big time, but message me and, um, and we're doing some work for him here and, uh, he, he's, he was going to pick something up and he said, Hey, I'm going to be a little while, um, just super busy. Been doing a lot of fishing though. Um, and in exchange for me taking a little longer, I'm going to bring you to one of my perch hot spots. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> awesome, man. Take as long as you want. <laughs> and it, it's funny because when I was in Saskatchewan, I actually told this on the last podcast, I'm pretty sure when I was in Saskatchewan, um, great fishing, you know, Saskatchewan has more lakes than I think any other province, uh, you know, um, more lakes, Not Manitoba, per, maybe, uh, I'm pretty sure it does more, really? more lakes per, uh, like Manitoba per was like land of the lakes or some shit. Maybe not. I could I be know. totally wrong. I'm well, they've got a big ass. lake. They've got a. They've got uh, what is it? Lake. I don't know. We're not ge- got a geograph- yeah, yeah, geographic. Yeah. But anyways, so so <laughs> we would like we had some good fishing hotspots in Saskatchewan, and we, we would catch you know six eight pound walleye, um, and that's what we would target, and we'd always you know hook on to like thirty perch a night. Like no shit. Like if there's three of us and we could keep ten with perch like, each. W- like what are you using? As so hardware? what we're doing? We're on the boat. We are bottom bouncing with spinners because we're targeting oh, walleye, right? Yeah. And it was a piss off, and they were a nuisance because these perch would just nibble on the worms or the leeches, whatever we were using. Steal your bait and then your lines. Steal your bait, yeah. And they were a nuisance. And then I come to Alberta. And I'm like, yeah, let's catch some walleye. And then I hear this perch thing. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to fish perch. And I've been here for eight, nine years. 
And like, I would love to catch some perch, yep. but it's a big secret. Alberta you got to get Gold. in with someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like that. There's a Facebook page called Perch Slayers or yeah. Perch Fishing Alberta or something. You there's there's a dozen or so, maybe more posts a day. Yeah. Uh, now that it's wintertime, you will not see a lake name in one no. of those posts. <laughs> I know. Not a single one. Every now and then. But you'll then. see in the comments, guys will go, how much How much ice is out there this time of year or whatever? Like certain guys know which lake it is yeah. based on the background. And then yeah. you'll see the guys that do the whole black That cover out fish. the background. Yeah. Yeah, it's serious, man. It's a, it's a, it's a serious game for sure. Um, but... Uh, and, and then you get the poor bastards who, who are new to fishing and they go on there. Hey guys, I want to find some perch. Where should I go? And everybody laughs and at everybody them and makes fun of them, them, blows their Facebook <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. But you know, we're lucky to live where we do because north of Slave Lake here, there's a bunch of little sloughs, if you didn't know any better, that yeah. hold perch. For sure. And you know what you just got to do? You got to do like you're doing and just go just and go explore. And just go and try. Like... There's one lake, and I'm not going to talk the name. <laughs> you probably know which one I'm talking about. You got a quad in. You know, we've hunted around it a little okay. bit. Um, just north of here. Guys, you know, we. Sh- I-, I asked my, my dad's fished around there lots, gone there a hundred times. Yeah. You know, I ask him every winter, should we go there? He goes, no, it's winter kill. Well, how do you know? Yeah. But every year, no, it's winter kill. But h- how do you know unless you actually go yeah. and put That's a hook in the exactly water? exactly it. Right? And Alberta is actually stocking a lot of lakes with perch now. Yeah, they stocked this one right here, but I think they only stocked two of like 13 <laughs> fish. <laughs> they could only catch. That's, that's not you, that's not that's a dig to you. the fish guy either, but no. uh, if he's listening. But yeah, I guess they only caught like a dozen. So they caught them from a different lake. Yeah, they had to catch them. them. Yeah, so I get, I'm hearing this I from thought somebody else. Was, I thought they got them from uh, a hatchery. No, no, no. Because they want them to spawn, right? So I think I I don't fully understand this, and there's probably people out listening <laughs> ripping their hair out, but I'm pretty sure hatchery fish don't like trout. Really? They don't respawn, right? Like the brook trout Maybe we were a fishing, very low amount of them do. I don't know. The brook trout we were fishing came from a hatchery. They're stocked every year, but the lake that me and Charlie went to, um, it hasn't winter killed in like four or five years, and that's why it's producing oh, okay. these five or four or five year old fish, fish, which are like the five six pound fish, but they're not. They don't respawn. Or they don't hmm. in the lake. Interesting. So all day, Charlie and I had these little yeah. six inch, and they were aggressive as hell because they're yeah. the hatchery fish, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So they don't know any better, and they're just yeah. hungry. And but the fish still go through like the breeding cycle and the hatching cycle. Mm-hmm. So that's why you want to fish for like your brook trout right now, November, December, when they're doing the cycles. You want to fish on like some gravel. Or maybe on the edge of a creek or something. Oh, okay. Because they're still gonna lay the eggs and and do the cycles of 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 the hatching. Yeah. But no no minnows are coming out of it, right? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know where we were before that, but I forget um, how that came about. So do you know how long this is sort of? Oh, we we're talking too, about perch. But do you know how lake. long a fish will? Like we caught a walleye, a big fat one, and we kept it and cut into it, and it was full of eggs. So they usually don't spawn till later on, or will oh, they spawn I... earlier? Like, do they hold hold eggs for four fucking months? Till I have no idea. March? I have no idea. Yeah, because Amy asked me. She's like, "Will they just hold the eggs, or are they gonna?" Well, they're probably grow- they're probably slowly growing Grow, them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they dump them all out at once. I have no idea. If you know, please call. Yeah, I just in thought and I'd ask because we were curious the other day. So, but yeah, I think the perch that 
they stocked e- in this lake just east of town here. Yeah. Um, were just f- natural from another lake because okay. they want them to create a population. Yeah, yeah. But when they went there and sonared where these fish were all hanging out, and I'm hearing this from five parties probably yeah. down the line of, you know, the story being told. They went and sonared these fish, found where all these perch were hanging out this time of the summer. In, in the lake they took them from. In the lake they were going to harvest all these fish. Yes. They go back like a week or two weeks later. Obviously, they don't have the information. And these fish are all gone. They end up with 14. They put them in the lake. And they're netting these fish? I don't know. I think that's what they did is netted them. <laughs> but again, I don't have any information. Yeah. This is all hearsay. So this is if you want to look it up, hearsay. though, they did put perch in Mitsu Lake, east of Slave Lake. Yeah. Um, and if I'm totally wrong, well... I no, know they did. No, I, I know they did lake, put fish, yeah. but if any of my stories way off, then yeah, yeah. You know, feel free to blame me for it. But Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna have to find out more about it. I guess I went yeah. and fished there last year. I used to, man, when I when I was a kid and I'd come up and visit Dave, um, like when I was ten, eleven, twelve, we would go to Mitsu all the time, and we would slay really? the pike. Like, like we would anything catch bigger like than a hammer third, handle? Though? No, we would catch yeah. like thirty pike a day, yeah. man. And when you're a kid, that is awesome. And you just fish off behind the uh, the. So we went down by the mill, there? and you go down. Yeah. yeah, we'd fish right there and just hammer them. Like yeah. it was insane, but um, yeah, nothing big. And so, I actually, so what I that that's what got me like addicted to fishing early on. And so I was eleven or twelve, and I wanted my own boat for those small lakes and Parker Lake. I just dropped another lake name in particular. Good luck and into so, that one. Yeah, though. good luck into that one. And so um, I bought from Cabela's. It's it wasn't a Zodiac, but it's called a Sea Eagle. Okay. And it was a big inflatable dinghy, but it had a motor and it had wooden floorboards, yeah. wooden benches, and we put it. We went out on Mitsu, and we freaking trolled that whole lake for like two days. Didn't catch a thing. And you go back on shore and you just slay them. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting because the north side of that lake is the only stretch that goes deeper than like three and a half feet. Oh, really? So the whole south side, like the whole probably south interesting five eighths of the yeah, lake yeah three quarters or two thirds of the lake is completely Man, shallow. We should go ice fishing there this year. I went there last year. Ice fishing? Yeah. I went there really? last winter. I rode my sled because was, I was still living at my parents. Yeah. I rode my sled from their house um, just through all the industrial yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Popped out onto the lake. Um, I spent probably three hours, but I tried the south side of the lake. And every time I drilled a hole, I wouldn't be any deeper than a like foot. a foot of water. Yeah. And in the ice and the water, just as you were drilling, all these freshwater shrimp were just like coming up the hole. Oh, wow. But I think in 2014, Ryan and I went there and we fished the other side of the lake. The north side. The north side. Yeah. And we drove my quad on and uh, we caught like maybe, a, I don't know, six hammer handles. Okay. And it was just steady. So I wonder but why. But the shrimp are the same too. So it's shallow. So it must winter kill then. Yeah, I have no is idea. Is what it is. It used to, I would imagine, it used to get very heavily polluted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, you're right by three big mills. Well, yeah, and the just, yeah, there's a big oil site right on the shore of that. 
place. I think they used to dump stuff into the lake. <laughs> oh, fuck. Like, the stuff that's there, I don't want to, like, I'm not bad-mouthing anybody <laughs> on this podcast, but the buildings that are there yeah. are so old yeah. that when they were built, there was none of the shit no saying you can't a turn a tap into a lake. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, it is kind of just a slew, but... Yeah, for sure. I wonder if they've done any... They had to have done water testing and stuff in that before, and... I'm sure if well nowadays those companies all have to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't I, be I surprised of, if you found a pike with six eyes in that lake or something. Well, I heard of a guy catching a big pike that came out of that lake, and I think he caught it in the summertime on the north uh, northwest side. Um, I don't know who I heard that from, but uh, it would be interesting to get back out there. And I don't find think a, a good spot. It, if you look at that lake on a map. If you pull up Google Maps or whatever. like a topographic? Yeah, I think... I'm pretty sure I was just looking at one the other day. I can't remember if it was that lake or Lily Lake. But um, if you look on Google Maps, there's just a strip that's deep. Oh, really? And the rest is just like mud, muskeg. So there's not enough deep water to hold I don't quality think there's enough. and a quantity of fish. Like maybe the perch... If the if oh, the yeah. pike are only getting this well, they big. put fourteen fucking perch in there. Those well, this year, up. you know, you're not going to catch the perch. Yeah. Hopefully, they survive. Maybe they spawn. Who knows? But uh, if the pike are only you know a foot long, yeah, and as big around as like hockey stick, they aren't eating perch. They're not eating the no. perch that hopefully can grow to the, you know. Yeah, interesting. It's too bad that we don't understand anything about what we're talking about. <laughs> <I> <laughs> but we have an interest in it. i guess so yeah we do we're definitely interested but yeah. i wish i knew if the fish like if they would help with that shrimp problem if that's maybe why they're trying to reintroduce there's fish a shrimp into... problem well, that's a problem i would imagine it's a problem if you're <laughs> drilling a hole and they just come shooting up like ants wow. um or if there's like what's the reasoning like why how 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 it all should be balanced out yeah yeah, it's or if they're just putting fish in it to make it a fishery, I don't know. But then you, you know, you're sitting on the lake smelling H2S and mill gas. Yeah, yeah we. I haven't. I haven't went to that lake in. I think before Jackson was born, me and Amy maybe went and fished there once, or I might have even brought Jack there once when he was re- like two years old, three years old maybe. But I can't remember a specific time, so it's been a long time since I've been there. But um, I actually fished, we fished north, um, Utikama, a lot until they shut down the, the walleye fishing in that lake. Yeah, that's a that's and, an unfortunate Yeah, and, and that was closure. usually pretty good. But the last couple of years we fished there, it just, we weren't catching much. And when you can't keep the walleye and just the quality sort of went down, you know, it's, it's really hit or miss with ice fishing. If you're only going out, you know, four or five times a year, you're going to, you might hit four bad days. Um, I know some guys that were just there that, and they slayed. did well, really, eh? Wow. I might have to sneak back out there because myself, perch fishing's fun and, and trout fishing is fun, but I want to catch the largest fish I can. Yeah. Like, like have some I don't fight, like even bourbon, man. And that's what, that's why I love catching bourbon, even though I haven't found a nice, recipe for them yet i just like catching like heavy large yeah. fish 
um it's something else man when you got a little fucking rod and a yeah. 15 pound pike yeah. or 18 pound pike in the other For side me, i've this... only caught one 18 pounder and it was it was the same rush or more than some of the you know hunting experiences i've had and oh, it was it, something else yeah you're battling with a fucking else. beast <laughs> yeah we, i was talking to charlie about this uh when we were fishing for a trout the other day um we were talking about all these different places we've been fishing and want to go fishing yeah. and where we should go fishing and making all these plans and blah 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 and i'm like you know i've never caught a pike over nine pounds okay I've never caught any fish over nine pounds yeah. in my entire life. And I've lived on this lake my entire life. Yeah. There's no reason I shouldn't have caught oh, a man. fish bigger than a, a, a pike bigger than like 12 pounds. You know, it's like hunting though. You got to, you got to put in the time. You got to be, you got to hit that lake as much as you can. That same lake. But we've never like as kids never fished or for you to get lucky. You know, if my dad sees a pike come up next to the boat, he's instantly cursing, swearing, <laughs> throwing uh, throwing nets, throwing pliers. Don't let that effing thing in my boat. Slimy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, so we've never, we never targeted pike. So I, you know, it makes sense. I never caught a huge one when I was a kid or anything. Yeah. But now I really want to like target these species, like go after brook trout. We yeah. did that. You yeah, know, we, sure. I caught my first brook trout. Yeah. <clears throat> Because it's a I've, totally different experience when you're targeting certain fish. And it's like a goal. Like, you're yeah, hunting it. Like, for sure. Charlie, let's go to this lake and see if we can catch this fish. I've yeah. never even caught one before, yeah. but let's see if we can go catch a good one. Man, you should so record we did. all this and even do, like, a three-minute video for each. Yeah. And do, like, a series. Yeah, and do, and like, a series. We were talking about this, too. Is like, if, it doesn't have to be a 20-minute episode. Mm -hmm. Like, a three- or four-minute. That's well, all you need. But that's all you're going to get. When yeah, you're for fishing sure. for yeah, trout, I mean. like yeah. I tried to film it. I had the camera, the tripod set up over the hole, but the Did fish would be there. I'd reach for the camera to tilt the camera down. Yeah. The fish go away. Right. And we were it's talking like about this earlier. And so I decided the only way I'm going to get them on film is through on my chest GoPro. So I'm on fishing. The fish come, I click my button and I got a few on film. So that's all it's going to be. Yeah. Right. But we got, we got the brook trout. We went for rainbows. I didn't catch a rainbow. So I'd like to go back and try and catch another rainbow sometime this year. I really want to get on the perch. Um, Which and then direction would, did you head for rainbows? <laughs> uh, we were around. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. You told me. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah, we're going to keep that quiet, too. <laughs> there, there's some all guys, secrets, There's man. some guys that were there that yeah. caught some big ones. Oh, really? Just last week. I used to slay the rainbows on uh, Morinville Trout Pond. When After the Slave Lake fire, we yeah. lived in Peace River for a year that summer. And my we can't we're camping on my buddy's place at his farm, and right on the top of the hill, the Saint I think it's called the Saint Isidore Corner. There's a bunch of industrial stuff there now. Never used to be there. There's a there used to be a little trout pond. Okay. And it's like no bigger than this shop. Oh like really? Just a tiny yeah, little yeah. stock trout pond. And I spent my whole summer there. Yeah. And this guy, like the the guy that we were the my friend that we were living on his place. He's like my best friend growing up. He hates fishing. Like, oh yeah not patient at all can't sit there and stare at water i spent the whole summer and just caught you know 100 pounds of rainbow trout. yeah just any big ones two pound no just two pounders but yeah. all day all day long and i was the only one there but yeah. i've never caught one through the ice and that was same as me uh i was living in edmonton and it was winter time and you know I, I was living alone and what do i do so i uh checked out all these different trout ponds and that morinville produced more trout than any of the other ponds i was at 
and it was sort of like your your brook trout fishing where you can see them down below and um and it's it's awesome because you see fish there all like it's all, so all day long it's it's it, it pisses you off sometimes because you could fish for several hours and not hook any of those fish but it gives you hope that there's fish down below and never any big ones like biggest might have been two pounds maybe um but they're fun fish to catch and you know when you if you're catching fish fishing's fun exactly if you're catching fish fish is is. fine fishing's fun and you know at that point i I was this would have been in 2011 or 12 so i just moved to alberta never knew where to start to go fishing um slave lake was you know three two and a half hours for me so i wasn't going to go here but that was perfect for me and um and yeah that's the biggest thing man just find a lake find a lake hit it if it's no good go to the next one and yeah. you're gonna find where the perch are eventually you're gonna find where the good walleye fishing is you just gotta try different lakes yeah. um but again you gotta have a little bit of luck on your side because you could just have a bad day of fishing and it could be a great lake but that's why i'm really looking forward to you know this this little secret weapon that we're both going to get our hands on here right away yeah these fish cameras yeah yeah there are i always i've always thought about buying one um, but i held off until i saw one in action just because our lake is so dirty it's known to be dirty you know we're fishing depths that are 30 feet in the winter time i always wondered if they'd work Never really fished with anybody that had one. Then we went with Charlie and it was sold instantly that, you know, I would buy one. Yeah, well, Amy watches, she's obsessed with fishing and she watches this, this, uh, this fisherman that he's like a YouTuber and all he does is fish. Yep. Fish is like all these, these sloughs and backwaters and I watch shit YouTube like that. fishing more than I watch hunting. It's crazy. Yep. And these guys, they just, they like, they incredible videoing and and content they get but anyways he says ice fishing there's no point ice fishing unless you have a flasher or a video camera camera. or a a camera yeah he said there is no point dropping a line because he's like how do you know there's fish down there right and i guess rightfully so if you're going to go to new lakes you don't really know but um i've i've never invested in a flasher because i haven't been that crazy about ice fishing i like it slave lake here like you just go to the line exactly you go where there's enough people fishing you go to where the other people are fishing yeah. but and it's that's... not like it's a round lake like maybe in the city or something where you just there's a hunt there's a little hole here where the fish hang out there's a little hole here yeah here the fish are just on the ridge yeah and that's just where they are yeah i'm sure there's fish elsewhere but there's always fish at least on the ridge for sure so guys don't need them here that's why we've sort of never been yeah introduced exactly. to them around here exactly um but then you have a slow day of fishing and you're pulling your hair out because you're all you're doing is twiddling your thumbs on your phone all you're day. You're worrying about if you put your shack in the wrong spot. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, we got to move the shack, or should we take the tent down and move it another hundred yards? And and but then you have a fish camera, and you drop that down there, and you're seeing whitefish and burbot and walleye and pike all day long. So it gives you hope. <laughs> you realize you should be using silver instead of gold for sure. Right, and we didn't do that. Like we were seeing a lot of fish on the camera, and not necessarily hooking all of them. I don't know what was going on with Jackson's rod, but he had his jig down there, jigging it every now and then. And the walleye would swim up to it and just turn around, smell it, turn around, swim right under it, right over it, 
And uh, the thing where the camera was, the only hook we seen was his. So we yeah. didn't know it was hitting ours. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't believe how the fish just wouldn't touch his. We didn't catch a single fish on that rod. He didn't catch a fish till I left, gave him my rod, and he hooked on to, yeah. to a couple. Um, but yeah, you know, it's sometimes it's just as simple as the color you're yeah. using, right? Well, that's, that's why I like watching it, watching the fish, whether it's on a camera or if you're trout fishing or perch fishing and you're sitting over your hole and yeah. you can see. Yeah. You know, you might have fish on around your hook all day long. They're going to be, you know, even if they're not biting it, they're going to be attracted to the motion. So they're going to be there congregated. Yeah. And it could just be you're using the wrong color. For sure. You're using the wrong bait. But you could sit there all day long for 10 hours with the same hook thinking, I'm going to get it this time, this time, this time. Yeah. You know, I'm going to catch a fish. And then all you needed to do is change to from white to yellow or from a maggot to a worm or to a minnow, and you would have been catching 100 fish throughout yeah. the day because they're there, but you don't know that you're doing anything you're wrong. You're just using the wrong thing. Where if you didn't have a camera or you couldn't see them, you, have you, no you idea. might think there's just no fish down you're there. You're playing roulette, right? yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I've never dropped one down in Uticama north of here, but it would be neat to see if you could see some big fish. Um, yeah. We should head out there. Now that I'm talking about that lake, I'm getting excited. There's a, there's a lot of lakes in that country. Yeah, that there is. Have yeah. some big fish that you can keep. Yeah. Um, there's another one north of there, a smaller lake that is the name of a small fur-bearing animal. And uh, it's, I talked to a guy who went there, actually the same guy who went to Lily, and he said they fished perch there and it was really good too. Yeah, but only five. Oh, is that it? Only five. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it's good fishing there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you can't keep a bucket full. Okay. Interesting. I want a, I want a garbage bag full of perch. When yeah, I go home. for sure. I want fifteen fatties. Is that that's what it is on slave? Fifteen, or is it twelve? Or no, 15? it's fifteen. It's fifteen. Here wow. Interesting. I yeah, think, I've no, I've, I've caught a couple caught perch on on slave, um, and it's always been just trolling for walleye and you accidentally hook onto one i think i've probably caught three or four on slave and um i've never caught and one. they're always so small that i don't even keep never them. even them seen back. one caught really never yeah. heard of one caught when i'm in the same vicinity yeah. of the lake yeah yeah i've seen them online guys catch them in juiceard in the wintertime lots and and this and that you hear the rumor that guys are fishing them uh on the creeks in the wintertime and stuff but i've never caught one in this lake. yeah everything else but never a perch yeah interesting interesting we had whitefish messing with our hook all morning and we didn't know till we put the camera down because we yeah. didn't have the camera the first two hours of fishing we didn't have the camera because charlie was checking his holes we caught a big whitefish last year big was that me yeah. yeah that was you and um and we were jigging and I we just that was had the first whitefish i ever caught i've never caught a whitefish on slave what happened to our camera there? Memory card is full. Oh, is oh, she filming in 4K? 4K. <laughs> mm. you want, can we pop another one in? Yeah, pop another. I, I've caught mountain whitefish. Um, what's in this lake? It's lake whitefish, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we had my whitefish messing with their hooks all all morning. They're just nibbling on the, the end of the of the minnows, and you'd bring your line up, and the, the tail would be off the minnow. But... Um, but yeah, with that camera, now we know like you could target them in these areas, use smaller hooks, smaller bait, and um, and you'll have a chance at them. So, but yeah, you caught a dandy last year. Yeah, it was big. It was like almost four pounds. Yeah, that was pounds. a good size fish. And uh, you kept it, right? Or did you put it back? 
No, I kept it. Did you smoke it or what'd you do with it? I think we smoked it. I honestly don't remember. I barely remember even catching that fish. I remember all the burbot we were having real struggle time with. Yeah. We kept losing them at the hole. Yeah, we lost we lost a few. I lost a real big one last weekend. Um, and the thing is, their mouths are just like jello. You know what I mean? Like they don't have a jaw like a walleye or a pike. Yeah. Where but the nice thing, you can they're like a catfish. You yeah. just stick your hand right in them. Yeah, that's what I mean. Where a walleye or a pike, they got a, a jaw. So yeah. if you hook your hook into their jaw, it's tough can, to get it out. You can lift the fish. Yeah, and everything. yeah, for sure. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to this weekend. We'll see how it goes, and uh, hopefully you can get onto some uh, some perch. Get your limit. I can get onto something. Um, you know where there's perch, there's pike. So you got so. you got two or three days. Are you hitting that one lake, or do you have other uh, other plans? I don't have any plan right now. I just know I'm gonna make one day for fishing for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, don't know what day it's gonna be yet, but uh, I'm gonna get some fishing in. Yeah, you got a wolf bait out last weekend too. I got a wolf bait out on Boxing Day is when I did it. When are you gonna hunt that, or when are you gonna go check that one out? Um, I gotta go check it here in the next day or two. Put a camera on it. Um, there's lots of bait, so hopefully. Hopefully, I'm sure it's been hit already. Yeah. Um, but it's it's set up. It's in a uh, in a log block, and it's about 170 yards from some big push log piles. Oh, nice! So you set up right on those piles. Yeah. And you so, don't have to pass the bait to get in. The bait's yeah. The bait's down below, perfect. way down in the trees by a creek. Yeah. And then uh, I was hoping to get it 200 yards away from the piles, but just with the way that the uh, the hills rolled and the yeah. brush that was there. I just couldn't get it any farther away. So um, I got it to where it is, and then that's where it's going to stay. And yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Hopefully they don't burn the log piles on me right away. Uh, if they do, they do. But, uh, yeah. you know, it is what it is. It's yeah. still, a, still a really good spot to set up. Yeah, those brush piles are awesome to yeah. hunt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're, they're perfect for anything. Yeah, right on. So you're setting up another bait or just rocking the one and – gonna i would like to are you gonna hunt it this year oh yeah 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 it's uh yeah this one's set up nice and nice and close to home so i can get to it nice uh i'm gonna focus and make sure this one's always filled up yeah and then if i can sneak out and get another one going here in january i'm going to so you got plenty of bait then so far it goes it disappears fast like i got we we don't have anything coming how many refills do you think you got four right now oh, that's not too bad i put lots out first go around Refill, though what once a week or so we'll see we'll see how they yeah. how they eat it i made big ice cubes so oh yeah as long as it's there they'll keep coming back yeah um but they won't be able to drag it away or anything and i put four big blocks out oh, okay so there's lots there right now yeah so just blocks or do they have like chain or anything on the blocks or just oh they're 250 pounds oh so, wow yeah they're not moving. Yeah, yeah. They're like I sure. made them in big totes and dumpster and uh garbage cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just took them out like that and then beat the garbage can off of them oh, okay. out there. And uh the one smaller one I froze a strap into it and tied yeah. it off. But okay. uh, they they won't be able to pack it away. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. I've set up a wolf bait once <laughs> and um and I did get a couple wolves on it. A lot of coyotes, a lot of bald eagles. Um never did hunt it but um i've done at least one wolf bait if not two every single year for the last five and a half years yeah always had wolves on them never sat and hunted once just yeah haven't you gotta really want it and i 
I, and you gotta have the time. I would love to. Like I, I don't know why I'm not. We're talking about. It. I don't know why I don't hunt wolves like we hunt bears. Like why don't I have fucking baits out every January and December? Yeah. yeah. And I think the reason why I don't is because, like, yes, we do get a lot of scraps and meat here, and I could have taken it the last few years, but uh, but it's not as easy as going to buy a bag of oats like you do for bears. No, right? it's a lot of work. You got to get meat, and, and then you it's cold. Freeze them and yeah. the chances are way down. Um, you know, they're way smarter. It's just everything is just tuned right up. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, it is a little bit easier. You just sort of dump meat on the ground, but yeah, it yeah, is, I would love to kill a know, wolf and, and and do that. Wolf hunts are cheap right now. There's some like resident guides are selling them for like thirty five hundred bucks, three thousand bucks. Yeah, if anybody really wants to go wolf hunt and hunt one of my baits, I have outfitter allocations available. Yeah, name your price. We'll talk. Yeah. Yeah, there's, well, there's, there's, there's just baits sitting there, so give me a call. There's a lot of wolves around, yeah. and um, and yeah, you've got plenty of plenty of bait, so well, keep yeah. them up. Yeah. Right yep, on. you got to do your predator control, though. You know, it's winter time now, and it's the only time we. That's can what focus we were going to talk it. about on this podcast. We never got control, to it, but we talked fifty minutes of ice fishing and fishing. <laughs> oh well, in a few <laughs> minutes we can we can touch on it. So you went on a cougar hunt, though. I want to. Yeah, hear a little I, bit I of talked it. about it briefly. I. I rambled on briefly on the last podcast there, I think for seven or eight minutes. And, um, yeah, it was something else, man. It was, uh, I've said it was the most mentally taxing hunt I've done, not physically, but mentally. I wasn't exhausted. My so, legs weren't sore by the end. Um, but you know, I, I was thinking hunting start time is, is eight thirty, quarter to nine, whatever it is. And uh, so I figured, okay, you know, we get up early, get up at 6.30, 7 o'clock, have some breakfast, get out there for 8 o'clock, and uh, get looking for these cats. Um, but no, you got to go looking for these tracks, because you're looking for these tracks on lease roads, um, on trails, and uh, you want, these cats are going to be crossing a road somewhere, you know, like south of here, for example, north of here, there's lease roads and you know, it's a huge logging grid. roads yeah. everywhere, right? So there, a cougar has to cross the road. They've got to cross the road somewhere. So you got to go out at three, four in the morning because you got to check those roads before the snow plow, before the grader, before the logging trucks drive on the road, before the oil lease workers drive on the road. Because as soon as they start driving on the road, they blow snow up into the ditch. You can't see any tracks. And you told me that. You said, I know a lot of guys who hunt cougars and they're going in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's driving. And I said I have no idea why they light do that. Light bars on and shit. But yep. now I know. And luckily, I had my light bar from Kodiak LED lighting, and it worked phenomenal. So we had four guys in all separate vehicles looking. In the first three days, we covered like four hundred kilometers in total between all of us. A lot of kilometers. And um, first day, first day, I actually went on the quad with uh, with the houndsman. We covered probably 30 clicks like a, a good distance in the quad um seen some some cougar tracks but they were a few days old you know nothing really to go off of with the dogs you need you need something within 12 hours if you find something from the evening before or the morning before or something um as long as you never got snow dumped over top of those tracks and those that snow still holding the track well that's enough scent for those dogs to go chase that track so and cut the track how much how much will a cat move in like 12 hours 
So they've like if you found the oldest possible track, will that cat be twenty clicks away no, or ten? No, he'll he'll be within like five clicks. Within five, yeah. yeah. And so I asked Which him that. I said, so if we see song. a fresh track, like is this cat usually like he said, you'll see if the track cat's running. Usually they're just walking. They have no reason to run. That's the thing with predators, and that's why we have to hunt them because ungulates get controlled by predators and humans. Predators get controlled by humans. If humans aren't controlling predators, then you have an influx um, and imbalance. Um, so, anyways, so wall uh, cougars really have no reason to run unless they're chasing a deer or killing something, basically, right? So usually those cats are just walking. You know, they're they're walking to a bedding area. They're checking out a new hunting ground or something like that. So those tracks are usually walking. When you cut those tracks in the middle of the night or during the day. Those cats are bedded. They bed down. They sleep during the day. So if we find a track between 4 a.m., you aren't going to really, at 4 or 5, 6 a.m., you aren't, can't release those dogs and aren't going to release those dogs to of light. I don't know if it's legal or not, but um, I'm, but pretty, sure, them, I'm pretty so sure no it isn't. It. Hunting yeah. isn't, right? So, And you wouldn't. You, you do not want your dogs treeing anything in the dark. For one, you can't see where you're going. Your dogs can't see where they're going. You just don't. And the cat can and the cat can't like you're in his house right so um so yeah you find a track at four five six seven in the morning you wait until you have light and then and then you cut that track so i asked him i said we see a track is that cat going to be three kilometers away is that cat you know what's going to happen like what are we going into he said typically if we see a track that cat's going to be bedded down a hundred yards as close as yeah 100 yards or 300 yards in he said they probably aren't going to be a kilometer away unless it's a track that's several days old. Yeah. He said they aren't going to, like, they, they have no reason to cover several moving kilometers. moving that much. Yeah. Yeah. And we're hunting, like, this is prime hunting area, like nice hills, rivers all over the place, you know, heavy timber. Um, but there's a lot of, of work that goes on back there, a lot of logging, a lot of oil lease work and, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of access. So day one, we see some old tracks, nothing to get too excited about. Two o'clock comes and well, he says, time to pack up. Two o'clock, if we cut a track at 3.30, we only have a half hour of light after that, we aren't going to release the dogs. We just can't unless it's super, super fresh. Conditions at this point were sort of shit because they hadn't got snow for like a week prior. So there wasn't much snow. But on day two, we were expecting snow. So that's exactly what we want. We want that fresh snow so we can see where it's all the about fresh the tracks. tracks are, right? And so that's what's so different about cougar hunting is, you know, when we are deer hunting, we see tracks all over the place and we don't get too excited about them because, you know, that deer could be a long ways away. He could be close, but you don't have dogs to sneak up on it and you aren't going to tree a deer, right? So you're more hunting, you know, scrape lines, stuff like that. Tracks are great, but they don't mean as much as they do in a cougar hunt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, day two, we got up at 3 a.m., got out, and it's snowing like a son of a bitch. It's coming down real good. And, you know, this right now, that's sort of a blessing and a curse. Blessing because we'll be able to tell a fresh track, but we won't be able to tell a track if it's four hours old because it's going to be totally snowed in. Like, we got a lot of snow. So that day, we were out there from 4 a.m. until 2 o'clock again and nothing at all. And so uh, we get back into day three and we thought, you know what, day three is going to be our best chance because we had a fresh snow yesterday. So that covered up all the old shit. Day three, 
there's no snow weather's cold it's going to be good again we had three or four guys out all covering ground we get a message at 5 a.m hey found a track sends a picture to the houndsman it's just a big lynx track and man they can fool you yeah we continue on 11 o'clock i get a message from the houndsman hey so and so found a track okay awesome so let's go meet we met with them and shows them the picture no that's that's a lynx track man that's not a cougar track so i'm like oh shit okay guys let's figure out where we're gonna go and, and we're on day three now so we're hunting until the end of the day we're hunting until four o'clock because if we find a track at four well then we're gonna have to start there the next day so we all separate i'm i'm probably 50 clicks from them. i'm quite a ways away and i'm driving and you know i'm on my third day ninth tenth hour of that day it's like two o'clock in the afternoon, looking, looking, just nothing. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start filming some B-roll. <laughs> so I have some B-roll. Get out of the truck, film me driving down the road, film me looking for tracks and this and that. Listen to country music. It's blasted. I'm just, you know, trying to keep myself sane at this point. And um, I'm cruising and I'm looking beside me and I pass something that looks like moose tracks. I'm like, ah. Oh, you know, I better just slow down and have a look and see what this is because it looks relatively fresh. So I stop back up 20 yards. There's a fucking cat print right in the snowbank. Um, and I'm shitting bricks. I'm like, yeah. man, day three, we're in the evening of day three. There's a fucking cat print. I have an hour now until hunting stop time. Yeah. So I got to get these guys here quick because it's going to be dark. We might have time to cut the track. I don't know. I have no freaking service where I'm at. So I'm like, shit. So I text them because I'm hoping it'll go through. I'm like, hey, got one, got one. No service. So I fucking drive 20 minutes down the road, have a single bar. He gets the message. He's like, hey, do you have a picture? I'm like, no, I didn't take a picture. I just tried to find service. I'm like, man, I'm sure it's a track. Like it looked like there's a good bottom, your bottom print. I have all the, the top prints and they're the size of my thumb. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, man, it's it's good. He's like, okay, well, we're coming over there anyways. We only have 45 minutes left to light. We get, and it's actually, we had to go this way to get back to his place. So he comes and I hang up the phone and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, man, I hope this isn't a Lynx track. Like they're <laughs> here coming a long way and he's bringing his buddy too and they're coming to check this thing out. So I drive back there, get some more B-roll and stuff. I'm looking at it closer. And I'm like, man, you know, like that back print, the thing with Lynx, they got a smaller back print but they've got a back pad yeah sorry pad but they've got a ton of fur around there so what happens with lynx is they'll press down and that fur behind the pad will brush snow into the pad where cougar doesn't have that thick fur back there so he'll have a full-on print you'll have three lobes at the bottom of that print and so this this print in this snow it looked like a small cougar to me so I bring him over there. The first guy comes who's as new to cougar hunting as I am. He looks at, he's like, man, that's a cougar. I'm like, yeah, I think so too. Dallas comes over, looks at it. No, that's a lynx. Like oh. just, just looks at it, man, for like a second. He said, no, that's a lynx. Like look at the stride length. And I'm like, yeah, it looks like a, a small stride, but it looks like a small cougar, man. Like that is, is really defined. He said, no, man, it's a lynx. And he's like, well, everybody made that <laughs> made the mistake today. All three of us but Dallas called Dallas because we thought we had a cougar track and every single one you want it. That's how you know you want it. Yep. And I said, you know, I I talked to him the next day and I said, you get to a point where you're convincing yourself yeah, for sure. something is what you want. 
It's like trying to grow antlers on a cow or a doe, right? Exactly. Like, Please, there let there be something. And it's that wishful thinking, right? And so I filmed myself finding that print, and I filmed it, told the camera, hey, I'm waiting for, for um, you know, the houndsman to come. And um, and then when he told me it wasn't a link, so I was just heartbroken. <laughs> I didn't even talk to the camera. I'm like, hey, let's get out of here. Let's go home. And, uh, and we'll recoup for the next day. So that was our second last day. And then on the last day, you know, I'm covering ground. We all split up again and um see a whole pile of lynx tracks that look a lot like cougars but you know like he said to me he said man if you got to convince yourself that that's a cougar track it's not a cougar track right he said like if you got to tell yourself that that might be he said it's not it's not and so so i was planning on leaving on the last day and i thought you know what i'm gonna leave it around one or two o'clock i'm gonna get on the highway i'm actually gonna make my way towards the highway cover a ton of ground from here to there and so, um, so that's what I did. You know, I, I, we got out there at 4am again and I'm covering ground and I'm exhausted, right? This is day four, you know, up at 3am each day. Um, not a track texted, reaching in with the other guys. No, nothing, nothing. You know, there's a lot of traffic on the roads now. And, um, and yeah, so I'm covering a new spot and covering ground, you know, like I did every other day. And I actually had no service the final 30 kilometers. And so um, the highway was at the very end of this long road. So I'm like, I'll just make my way towards the highway. When I get there, I'll call them and I'm going to head home. Mm-hmm. I no shit. I had no service the whole way. I got to the highway, looked at my phone. I was going to text him and his name pops up and he calls me and I answer. I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he's, uh, we're on a track. We got a big one. I'm like, are you fucking serious? I said, I haven't had service this whole time. Have you been trying to call me? He said, no, I just called you right now. I'm like, okay, well, that's crazy because I just got service and I was going to call you telling you I was going to leave. And he said, no, I got a track. Get your ass here quick. So I was like an hour away. I was a fucking long ways away. And I barreled back to where he was on my way there. There's a, and I'm passing like logging trucks and workers just all over the place. And there's a guy in the ditch with a F F three (laughs) fifty. brand new truck like i don't know how this guy got in the ditch luckily i didn't have a tow rope and either did oh, he yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there were guys behind me so i'm like man i do you have a tow rope he's like no i'm like okay i gotta keep going so i just kept going got to them and sure enough man this lion print in the snow it made the hair in the back of your neck stand up it was those pads were so defined um there's I won't get a, a Lynx and a Cougar track mixed yeah. up again because you know the difference. Yeah, we, we got onto some uh we got onto some cougar tracks last uh the last week of November last year while moose hunting. Oh, okay. And there was uh f- what I would guess was a female yeah. and then two kittens. Okay. And the female was just walking and there was like four and a half feet of snow last year in this area. So we were on skidoos. And they were just walking. You can see they'd go in about, you know, six inches yeah. into the snow. But it was all cat track. And, and then the two kittens, they were, like, jumping around and wrestling and stuff. Wow. And there's little tufts of hair. Oh, really? All over the top of the snow. They had to have been a couple hours ahead of us. Wow. If that. That's crazy, And we man. followed their tracks for miles. Yeah. And that's how Dallas knew that... Um, 
that's how he knew that that it wasn't uh it wasn't a cougar the lynx that i had found because yeah. the prints just weren't far on the ground yeah right so um but yeah anyways he calls me i get to get to where he is he's got the dogs out they got bells on their their necks they're jumping around they're pumped right up they know what's going on he's got a grin ear to ear um there's some oil field workers there they're chatting with him and they just think this is the coolest thing in the world you know there's cougars here and and so what it was the cougar had crossed in daylight because the grader had went over the road and these cougar tracks were on the mound of snow on the on the edge of the road where the grader pushed the snow up to um so they were fairly fresh but the issue we're having now is this is saturday or sunday and it was like zero degrees out two degrees right around there like it was warm and it was very very windy and so those are two elements that you do you do not want warmth and you do not want a lot of wind. Um, these dogs need they need a good scent to, to chase these cats down. Mm -hmm. So he's like, well, we got to release these dogs right away. Um, so I did my filming thing, got him releasing the dogs, and you could tell right off the bat this is the dog's first run of the year, and they struggled a little bit. So what Dallas did is he went in with the dogs to keep them on the trail, and so usually he'll release them. <clears throat> look at his gps figure out when uh the the cat's treat and then we'll go in after him because <clears throat> your gps will tell you how many barks a minute the dogs are barking when they have a cat treed and when they're in a standoff so it's it's pretty impressive what these things do um so so he the dogs were all over the place so he's like i gotta go in with these dogs he said you guys go get your guns we gotta go in with them so uh he went in with the dogs and me and the other guy, we we're like 10 minutes behind. So we we're quite a ways behind him. And these tracks, man, they were, there was cougar tracks everywhere. And we we're like, holy shit. Like this cat was like, he left really good tracks. Little did we know there were multiple cats. That's they what it was. They were just all in a circle. Yeah. So what happened was um, we followed the dogs in for about a kilometer and a half. And then all of a sudden the dogs caught a hot scent. So we had, we had jumped this cat and so the dogs got on the fresh scent and they started barking and they just barreled away within 10 minutes. They had gone like 800 yards and wow. they were together. So we're like, great news, man. Like we're, we're onto this, but they're ways away. They've crossed a road at this point, which is super sketchy. Um, so we got to the road, we see where they crossed. And by the time we got to the road, uh, we looked at the GPS and the dogs now are separating. So not good. We've got three dogs. The lead dog is going north, and he's going at a good clip. The other two dogs are going west. So we're like, okay, well, we got to get these other two dogs um, because right now the, the lead dog, he's just going in no man's land. Like there's no roads back there. It is just straight bush for as far as you can go. We can't cut them off. So we can't get to him in this bush. We got to get the other dogs. Um, and then once he, the lead dog will either come back or worst case scenario is he'll actually tree the cat. One cat, one dog. That's not a good deal. Yeah. You don't want that. So we actually don't want him to tree the cat at this point. Cause he's by that or she, she's by herself. Um, so we, we all group up and we're like, we got to figure out a plan here. At one point, when we all got together, the, the two dogs were five kilometers in one way and the other dog was like a kilometer and a half in the other way. And the dogs were seven kilometers apart. 
Wow. So like they have went a long distance. I talked to Dallas the next day. I'm like, how long do you think like your dog's around? He's like 8K, easy. Um, so what we had to do, we knew at this point, you know, we're at like three o'clock in the afternoon. This hunt's over. We got to get these dogs back and we got to hope they're okay. Um, cause right now we've got not a good situation. So what Dallas did, luckily yeah, all the dogs have GPSs. He went and caught up with the two other dogs. He caught them and they were fresh on a cougar track. So they were chasing another cat track. We're looking at the GPS from our lead dog. She's barking 50 barks a minute and it's saying treed. She's barking 50 barks a minute at a tree. So she's got a cat in the tree. So we're, they said, well, you guys got to go in after her. Go with a gun. You have a cl- over a kilometer to hike, but you got to go in after her. I'm going to go with these other two dogs. So we are about to go in and we look at the GPS and now she's slowly making her way back to us. So we said, well, wa- rather than us getting mixed up, like she could walk by us and we don't know because we only have one GPS yeah. receiver. So we said, let's go back. We'll just wait for her. So we waited. It took her a half hour to get back to us. And she'd walk 30 yards, 100 yards, and then bed down. And then and another 100 yards, bed down. By the time we, she got to the tree line 100 yards from us, her tail was between her legs, and she just sat right down. It's probably like That's like morale probably to them, eh? Something happened between her and that cat. Oh, like do you think she got injured or something? Well, she had no blood. She wasn't bleeding. Her pads were bleeding, though, and all the dogs were because they had ran eight kilometers. Yeah. Like, that's a killer for them. Um, but something happened, right? And it could be a, a, a morale thing. It could be that because what actually happened to this dog two years earlier or three years earlier, it got sent in on a cat, and the cat had grabbed this dog by the neck, and there was another male dog. The male dog went after the cat, and the cat tore the male dog apart, killed it. So she, Sage, this lead dog, she started making her way back. Her head's dangling, dangling off her body, basically. Dallas goes to where the dead dog is. Cougar's gone, blood everywhere. The dog's dead. And so now he's got to find Sage, this lead dog. She's back at the trail where he released her, barely holding on to her life. He brings her to a vet. They have her in surgery there taking fluid out of her her throat and it's just mayhem they saved her saved her life she should have been dead so the next year you know that's what he does he runs these cats he uh he has more dogs and uh he's chasing chasing cats um he doesn't let her go until two years later every time she goes by a cat track she wants to chase it she wants to get out that's what she lives for that's what these dogs are bred to do and that's what they love to do yeah um, so last year he let her out on some cats and she treated four cats and we actually, we're mounting two of them here at the shop and, um, and she loves it. Like that's what this dog lives for. When I was staying at, at their place there, we were watching cougar hunts on TV. She goes right after the TV. She loves chasing cats. That's what she lives for. And so <clears throat> she stuck with that, with that mature cat track the whole time she treed that cat by herself that weekend. Um, but the other two dogs, they just got mixed up you know, conditions weren't great. And there were multiple cats in the area, right? So um, unfortunate circumstances for us as the hunter, but, uh, you know, they could have been a lot worse for those dogs. Luckily, he got the dogs back safe and sound. And, um, and uh, yeah, you know, it could have been a lot worse. So I didn't get a cat, but um, <clears throat> I'm hoping I can, 
I can get out, uh, you know, before the end of, of January here and, and try and get onto something. <clears throat> now I'm in cat hunting mode though. And everywhere I go, I'm looking for cat tracks Yeah, because when it comes to these houndsmen, man, they, they have to run their dogs and you can only run your dogs during hunting season with a valid license. So if you're a houndsman, you fill your tag and you're by yourself, you can't just go tree cats. But if you hold a tag, you can tree cats. And if you decide to pass, well, you decide to pass. So most houndsmen, they want to run their dogs if they have the opportunity. Right. And so that's what he said to me. Hey, if you find like a real fresh track and the quota is still good, I'll come and, and run these dogs. So I've been looking for tracks. I haven't found any, but, um, but yeah, I'm in cougar mode and, and I, I want to get one. It, it is something else. Like, yeah, it was, it was a real mental struggle. The four days we didn't see anything, but when, when it all, when we got onto that track and the excitement of the dogs and, and our hearts just pounding out of my chest, cause we were following these tracks in, we hear the dogs barking. I could turn the corner any minute and there could be a, a line in the tree. And, um, it is very, very intense. You know, I, we watched, we prepped ourselves and I watched like five or six cougar episodes before I went on this hunt, just pumped right up. And a lot of them, they were just very laid back. You know what I mean? Like driving down the road, day one, day two, oh, there's a track, let's go and cut it. Yep. But it was a totally different experience for me, man. It was four days of struggle, like real struggle, looking hard. Um, I spent two of the days on the quad and my, I grew a beard cause I'm like, it'll keep, keep my face nice and warm. It just was a great big icicle. Yeah. And then man, I had like near frostbite on my toes and my nose and, and it was a struggle. Um, but when I seen the excitement of those dogs and the excitement of just everything, when we found those tracks and cut those tracks, um, it was something else. And I, uh, I got to get back out there. It was a ton of fun and it's getting me even more pumped up for this lynx hunt. Cause that's all we were seeing was lynx. That's going to be a dog hunt too. So that's a dog hunt too. So we're going to BC first week of February. And, um, and they say you, you they almost tree a cat every day. So that's going to be, you know, I think a lot of action. I think I can expect a lot of action. Um, and that's going to be pretty cool. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And you always, you go into these hunts with a mindset thinking it's going to be something and it usually isn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's usually totally different, the same in some aspects, but ma majority of it is just exactly what you don't expect. Right? And so I would, I would expect the lion, like mountain lion hunt to be much more intense than the lynx, but you really don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm going into. It's we the might chase have a, that's intense. it's the chase and we might have a cat hissing at us in a tree. I don't yeah. know. Right. So I'm pumped up for that, um, but I, I've got this cat fever, and I, uh, I'm hoping that I can get on to a fresh set of tracks here before the end of the month, because um, it's something else, man. And yeah. they're just they are killing machines, killing machines, and uh, just sheer muscle. And I actually looked it up. A, a cougar, a mature cougar, they actually did a study. The Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, a large male cougar. Um, they figured out would kill one deer or elk every nine to 12 days. Each, each, each time they would eat meat each day, they'd eat 20 pounds of meat. Wow. If I'm reading this correctly, yeah. eating up to 20 pounds of meat at a time. In contrast, an adult female with kittens can kill one deer sized prey every four days. 
So that's like, yeah, two deer a week. They are killing machines, man. Mm-hmm. And we noticed like when we skin them out here at the shop, we skin out a wolf and, and they're killing machines too. But a cat, like just the arms on them, sheer muscle so and the just strength of their jaws, yeah. they're lions, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, and I got into like when I was ready to go, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, this was a waste. <laughs> you know, I had no, I've spent my whole day in the truck and in the quad, but then when we got into those tracks, I'm like, no, this is why we do it's it. It's all worth it. Yeah. This is this is why I'm spending my days on the quad, freezing my balls off, or in the truck, you know, not doing much, but listening to music and eating chips. Um, but this is why we do it because all it takes is one set of tracks, and then we have action. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I I'm. I'm pumped right up to hopefully get onto something again. And the thing with cats is you, you, you're usually only going to kill one or two in your lifetime, really, yeah. you know, because yeah. well, now's, now there's time to do it, right? Yeah. You guys have the time and for sure with COVID there's good deals on outfitters and all that's, kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so we'll see, you know, if it happens this year, it happens, but if it doesn't, it doesn't, like I said, um they aren't like bear or deer where you're gonna kill one almost every year they're just what's the reason for a cat right you don't don't necessarily need to it's more about that experience but bc bc has made the cougar hunt a meat hunt really you have to keep the meat i've heard it's some of the best that's what these guys were saying like like they said like who who would have thought a mountain lion hunt would be a meat hunt but in order for them to keep that cougar hunt, they had to make it a meat hunt in BC. Well, at least and I was going to keep some of the meat. I was going to keep the back straps and maybe the hind quarters because yeah. I heard it's decent. It's supposed to be really good. I heard it from a biologist who's never tried it, and he wanted me to keep some for him, fish and wildlife officer, and a few friends. And all of them said, hey, I heard it's good. Like, save some meat for me. And I was I had full intentions of two. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, it would be great to get back out. Um but life is so freaking busy. If I don't have something booked, I'm probably not going to make it out. But hey, if I find like a fresh track and the quota is still good in the zone I'm in, who knows? Yeah. <clears throat> who knows? Lots Where we win- are, so it's a winter left. There is. There is. And I think that season goes, I got to check, but it goes for a little while still. I think it goes till March. But the issue is it's a quota, quota. right? Like south of here, um, when I checked, the quota on the weekend, it was, uh, the females were filled and it was just males. And, um, in the zone around here, it's two males, one female in the zone we were hunting. It was two males, two females. And so, you know, these are huge, huge zones. And you have to phone every morning. Yeah. It was, they update every day at 4 PM. Okay. They say 4 PM, but we actually found they were updating around like 4 15. Cause we'd phone at we phone at four and then or four fifteen, then we'd phone at six and they'd be different. But they're supposed to update around four or four thirty. And uh, most zones where they do the cougar management are going to get around two males, two females. South of here, I'm pretty sure it's one female, two males. The female has already been filled, and there's still two males. North of here, it's still two and two. So, um, so yeah, it's like a race to fill the tags, right? And that's the thing where we were hunting um one of the other guys we were with he wanted to kill a cat too and so that's fine like if he finds a track he was gonna kill it if i find a track i'm gonna kill it if our houndsman finds one he was sort of taking me out so he said well you can kill it and i don't live there the other guy lives there so he had a little more opportunity but we ran into other cougar hunters 
and they it sounded like they were on a track. Like they're like they were sighting in their gun actually at like an oily site. Oh yeah. And the guys said, "So what are you guys doing?" And he said, "Oh, we're sighting in a gun. We got a houndsman coming tomorrow." And and sounded like they had cut a track. And um, and and that's the thing is it's it's a quota system. So all it takes is is one group of guys to kill two male cats, and then that male season's closed for that zone. Yeah. So did Dallas explain to you how do you can you tell? Um, it's like bears, right? Like even myself, I, I've seen enough cats at the shop and you can tell just the anatomy of a female and a male, like a male is going to have that, that bigger sort of pumpkin head, like a bear, right. And they're just bigger bodied. Um, but the nice thing is they're in a tree, right? So you're going to be able to tell, should be able to see the undercarriage. Exactly. And and that's, and I asked him too, I said, like, when we walk into here, do I have time to mess around with these cameras and get them set up? And he said, typically if we're chasing them into an area and there's big trees, they'll sit in a tree and they'll sit there all day. We got a female here at the shop from them last year. He treed the cat and it was a female and they held in the tree for four hours (laughs) till until the guy came in and this guy wanted to shoot it and he got it um so if they're in a comfortable tree they know the dogs can't climb the tree they'll just sit in there yeah um now if they're in a, a smaller tree and it's windy and they, they'll jump all over the place and then they're gone right um and that was sort of one of the hairy parts about where we went in after this track there was no like real tall heavy timber it was just little little trees so i was telling the camera i'm like this is this isn't good because these dogs are cruising and we're there's no big trees for these cats to sit in yeah but they covered enough ground that this cat went into the the heaviest thickest timber he could and sure enough the dog treated him but uh the dog was by itself so luckily he came back safe but um but yeah you know you got a little bit of time with them um so so you should be able to tell and uh and if you can't, well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully your quota's open. Hopefully your quota's open, right? So, so yeah, and that's the thing with cougars is they got to be registered. So once you kill one, you got to get it registered. Um, and the thing is, too, like north of here, I think it's 510 and 511. I could be wrong, but a lot of the cougar management zones are two zones. Share the quota. Oh, really? Yeah. 350. And 351 share a quota of two males and one female. Oh, wow. It might be two females, but they share a quota. That's a huge area. It's huge, yeah. 350 is massive, man. Yeah. There's so much land in 350. Yeah. And I've got trail camera pictures of cougars. So in, much wilderness. All over the place. And you're allowed four cats. Two males and two females. It's crazy. So it's it's wow. a bit of a race to get these and cats. And you can't use dogs in a lot of zones. So the zones you can't use, most of the zones you can't use dogs aren't under the cougar management system. So can you still hunt them? Yes. There's no quota. So like three, I think 360, there's no quota, but you can't use dogs. Mm-hmm. Now, there's most of the zones where you can use dogs are under this cougar management zone. Which makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. So you don't have like a guy like Dallas that goes and like kills 12. Yeah. The primary reason though for it is farmland is they don't want, cause dogs will just keep chasing those cats. Right. So 360, for example, you cut a track at, by the lake, you're going through, like you might be in bush, but you're going through you're tons of through barbed wire. Exactly. And what else? You're running through people's yards people's and yards. they just, yeah. and that's the primary reason for it. Cause the zone North of where we were, 
you can't use dogs, but there's cougars all over the place. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of a lot of pub private land. Um, but you know that's where the cougars sort of are. So we were hunting like the north side of our zone. So the cougars would come down into these areas and uh, and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a cool hunt, man. Super super cool. Um, not like I'm sure there are a lot of cougar hunts that are physically taxing. And you know we did hike. We hiked a few kilometers, but. It's not like an elk hunt where you're hiking 12k a yep. day. At least this this one wasn't, um, but it was mentally taxing. Like I, I like I said at the end, before we cut that track, I was really questioning <laughs> myself and th- if this is what I want to do. But then when the action happened, you realize, yeah, this is why they do it. This well, is any, why these any guys dry are hunt a week can in their be truck. can be tough right? for sure. Like you go four days without seeing anything. Yeah. Especially if you're just looking for tracks and you're like, man, that's what it was. And that's it. And I'm like, there's not even tracks. Like all I need is one track. That's it. But then when you see the cougar track, um, like kind of puts everything into perspective. It is like all those links tracks I see now. I know those were just, we drive around all fall going, man, there's deer tracks everywhere. We can't even see one or there's moose tracks everywhere. Why can't we just see one? For sure. Just looking for one single track. Yeah. And that's the mindset I got into, right? I'm like, man, we're looking for all we need is one track. And if we haven't found a track, there's no cats around here. But it just happened that where we cut this track, man, there were like three separate tracks. We found crossing roads. So, uh, so yeah, pretty exciting. And um, who knows if I can, uh, you know, we've been doing some driving around around here to see if we can cut something. The only thing is, like I said, south, the female quote is closed. So I don't think I'd call him if I found a track just because you're taking a big a chance. Risk. I'm getting him to travel four hours and it might be a female track and we can't kill it. Right. Um, so I don't know if I'll get back out. I'd like to though, but we'll have to wait and see. So nonetheless, this links hunt will be a lot of fun. I'm going with Joe, uh, the knife maker there and, uh, we're going to go kill a couple. So it'll be fun. Right on. Yeah. Ice fishing until then. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. There we go, man. You're, hopefully, you can get out after wolves. Yeah, I, I want to fit some uh, some time in for some coyotes too. I went out fishing the other night behind the house there, and I oh, saw yeah. f- I saw four coyotes. All oh, standing, really? All standing together at about eighty yards, and of course, I didn't have a gun with me. Or really, nothing, eh? But, uh, yeah. Well, we got quite the coyote population at the house. Yeah, for sure. They're bad. Yeah, that'd be fun, man. They're right. At, they're right at the horses every day. Oh, really? Every night. Yeah. What are they doing there? They just, I don't know. I don't know. If they, I think they come and eat the horse shit. Oh, really? Because they don't mess with the horses because they get stomped. But yeah. Yeah, they're all, they're, we see them because that's like where the lights shine from the house. You can kind of just see their shadows in the snow. Oh, wow. They're always right on the edge of the yeah, yard. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. They're right there. Yeah, okay. it's cool. I love hunting predators. Like I, I have, other than bears, I haven't really been successful in in uh in much else but um other than like putting an electric predators. call out on this on a big long straight road and sitting in the truck to kill a coyote that's about all i've really done i've gone out into cut blocks and and you know shot a few like that but i need to like get all my white like i have white overalls or whatever to wear yeah. over your winter clothes just get all white and go sit on the edge of the field and for just sure. sit there for five six hours from dark till noon or something yeah and then, uh, you know, just call coyotes and just, yeah. just lay a smack down on them. Yeah. Well, nice thing is too, is, is it doesn't get light till later in the morning. Like it's it, like eight o'clock, is like eight yeah. 30 or yeah. something. 
so you can get out there like an hour before it gets set up real quiet and uh yeah it's uh i just love hunting so much but uh yeah and wolf man wool i just checked it out wolves kill 20 deer a year on average that's yep. a lot of fucking that's a lot. that's a lot of killing man and i learned too that did you know and i was told and this was by the guy who really knows his shit and um he said moose will always have twins i've heard that somewhere will always have twins but it happens far too often that bears know when that moose is going to give birth and they'll they will tear one of the calves out so you see a moose with one calf she had twins but a bear tore that calf out yeah almost always if they only have one but i but this guy said no they always like it's it's been proven and, I'm and sure confirmed that that, that cows always have twins. Yeah. And if anyone thinks otherwise or knows of otherwise, if you have any documents or anything stating, I'm very curious because he told this to me and I'm like, are you serious? Well, and he said, yeah, no. And it has, I'm Cow sure it has something to do with like the slow process of it being such a big animal. Right. Yeah. Where like even a deer, um, you know, a fawn deer is standing within a couple hours of being born. Yeah. Right. But a moose, it's a little bit longer, and your uh, oh, your battery's dying now. Man, that camera, high maintenance, eh? And so with a moose, you know, it's there's probably three or four, or five hours, or who knows, maybe more. Yeah. Where that animal cannot even stand yet. For sure. So that cow is standing, and that calf is laying in a blood pool. Yeah. In the height of bear season. Yeah. Honestly. When all the bears are hungry. And, and where there are moose, just, there are bears. And they have to just get lucky that one doesn't yeah. want to come and eat it. Yeah. Well, they can't stand. Yeah. Right? I mean, that cow might be able to defend yeah. one or of them, but she might have one, and then that scent while she's having the other one, and only one, the one that's inside her still gets away. Yeah. So I, you know, I and bears are predators. I've said it a million times, um, but I never knew how how much pressure they actually had on ungulates like i know wolves kill a ton of deer and and calves and everything else and so do cougars um but uh you know i didn't realize that bears are killing that many moose and it's because they come out the same time the calves come out yeah they're hungry the calves can't walk and the bears are hungry yeah and it all just equals a perfect meal for a bear a lazy, slow moving. So I guess we had another reason to hunt bears. Super strong smelling <laughs> bear. Yeah. That's hungry. Yeah. Couldn't be anything better. Yeah. Well, and talking about bear hunts, we have a great big giveaway that we're gonna announce here in the next few weeks. We still gotta hash out all the details. You're gonna fine-tune everything. But last year we actually gave away a bear hunt with uh, primal adventures. And we had to postpone it because of COVID. So uh, we're planning something big for this year. So stay tuned, guys, to our social media page, our podcast. We're going to release the details in the coming weeks. You will not want to miss this one. Um, COVID ain't stopping us this year. We're killing bears. We're going bear and hunting. it's going to be a lot of fun. And you might have the opportunity to come bear hunting. Yeah. So, so stay tuned and uh, keep your... Uh, Keep following our, our social media pages. It's just going to be something as simple as a post and us maybe mentioning it on here. And then you just got to gotta enter the, the giveaway and uh, we'll have a little more details for you. So stay tuned to that. 
And on today's podcast as well, we're also going to do another podcast giveaway. So on Facebook and Instagram, I will be asking a question. That question is going to have something to do with today's podcast. All you have to do is send us a message, send us a DM with the answer to that question. Now, you would have had to listen to this podcast to uh, figure out the answer to the question. And uh, everyone that gets it right is going to be entered into uh, this this random draw. And you're going to win a pack of Black Widow Innovations Widowmaker Broadheads. You're going to win a Smith Game Calls Cow Elk Call. The Smith Game Calls Locator Call. And the Non-Typical Nation... um, preferred yellow jacket call by smith game calls we all absolutely love this medium those are frame, my three favorites calls yeah so we're giving them to you early it's uh you know going to be january probably when we release this and uh, you'll have lots of time to uh to sharpen up your elk calling skills for elk season so be sure to follow our social media and i'm going to be asking a question on there that's going to be uh going to have something to do with this this podcast send us a message with the answer and you will be entered we'll announce the winner on the next podcast and uh yeah we're gonna try and do uh, a few of these giveaways every now and then so keep the ball rolling yeah we appreciate you guys for listening and following along so this is sort of our way of giving back and um yeah we got a bunch of cool things to give out here in the in the coming future so so see you later to 2020 yeah and hopefully you know bigger and better things in 2021 man it, it always is every year we we strive for bigger and better and um as a brand i think as non-typical nation um since 2017 every year we've we've uh improved on what we've done and uh you know our we've we've gained some great followers thank you so much for everyone that's that's listened and that's followed along and and commented you know we read every single comment we try and reply to as many as we can um, but we greatly, greatly appreciate it. We see all of that. So we really appreciate you guys, uh, following along, watching the TV show, listening to the podcast, reading the blogs, yeah. shout um, out to, uh, a lot. shout out to our whole team, everybody yeah. with the blogs, the recipes, the little how to videos, yeah. um, our TV, you know, uh, editing now it's editing season for you. Yeah. Our whole, busy, our whole new TV <laughs> season is getting all finished up over the course of the winter so and then it, we're right back at it so shout out to everybody that's been on our team and has has joined our team in the last few years yeah no we we appreciate it big time um, everyone works really hard to uh, get good content um, you know i say when you're filming you get the filming has to come first or you'll never to. get anything on film yeah um, so you, you know, we miss out on a lot of opportunities, but when it all comes together, it is super special and, uh, we wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, share it with anybody if it wasn't for, you know, you guys following us and, uh, and, and liking what we do. So we appreciate that big time. And, uh, yeah, let's wrap this one up, man. It went uh, much longer than I had anticipated. I thought this was going to be a short and sweet podcast. Yeah. But... <laughs> an hour ago, I thought we had done about an hour and uh yeah. we're looking at about an hour and 40 an minutes hour now. and 40 minutes that's pretty so, good so yeah thanks so much everybody for uh listening following along um you know 2020 we we made the best of it we made it through and um you know hopefully you got out to do some hunting and fishing um if you did send us some photos we love seeing them we might even post them up on our page we love sharing that sort of stuff and uh 2021 guys um, is going to be better than 2020. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great year for all of us. Thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you next year.
Happy New Year.